There we go. All right. It's fun seeing Pam with the straight hair. <laughs> yeah, Pam with the straight hair. As long as it doesn't rain and I hold my mouth just right for a couple days, we will be okay. <laughs> Hi, everyone. I am Pam Barnhill. No, this is the truth. This is the truth. I'm Pam Barnhill, and uh, I am the host of two homeschooling podcasts, the Your Morning Basket podcast, with over 109 episodes, maybe even 110 now. I've kind of lost count. All about morning time, believe it or not. And then also the 10 Minutes to a Better Homeschool podcast. I have three kids. I live in Alabama with my husband, my dogs, my kids. The kids are 16, 15, and 12. And we have homeschooled from the very beginning. You can find me here on this YouTube channel and at PamBarnhill.com. And I'm joined by my good friend somewhere, Misty Winkler. <laughs> Yes, I am Misty Winkler. I also have two podcasts. One is Simply Convivial, which is all about homeschooling, homemaking, and doing life cheerfully. And then also the newer Simplified Organization uh, podcast, which is about, uh, is, which is interviews with other moms on lessons that they've learned and tips that they're sharing. So that's a fun one to just uh, learn from one another. And I homeschool my, well, really, I'm only homeschooling three kids now. I have two graduates. So that's, my homeschool is getting smaller. <laughs> but we've homeschooled everyone from the beginning. And also my husband and I were both homeschooled as well. And we're just keeping it going. So fun. How is your homeschool week, interrupted homeschool week been, right? Yeah, it was an interrupted homeschool week um, because I just got back from the Great Homeschool Convention in Cincinnati, Ohio. And so, yeah, the homeschool week was, was a little broken up. You know, I left a list here at home and um, each of the kids had a list just on an index card because it was a short list. I took photos of them with my phone and gave the photos to my husband in case the kids lost their mm. list. Oh, um, you mean that happens at your house? You know, sometimes <laughs> it does. And it's just the most amazing thing ever that the list gets lost. But dad had a copy. <laughs> I don't know that he checked up, though, on the list because <laughs> the youngest decided all of a sudden that he was not capable of doing the keyword outlined in the rough draft by himself. So, you know, at least my, my older child did it. He said, I think it's bad, Mom. To which I responded, it's okay. All writing is supposed to be bad in the beginning. That's why we revise. That's why we do the checklist. That's why we edit. Um, but you did it, and that's what matters. We'll, uh, the youngest, he's on my list now. No. <laughs> <laughs> you lost the list, you get on a different list. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, he didn't lose it. I just think he just didn't do it. He's like, oh, no, this is too hard. It's too hard without Mom. Mm -hmm. And so I'm just like, not going to do it, mm -hmm. which is funny because he had been doing so well, not needing my help if I were sitting in the room. So mm -hmm. it's just, they're funny that way. So, yes, they are. Yeah. And then we took today off. I went and got my hair done instead of homeschooling, but it was <laughs> planned. I always plan the day after conventions as a recovery day. So yes. Well, that's, about you? yep. That's just the point of making a realistic plan. 
that's one reason why we plan is to remind ourselves that of just the way things are actually going to go and just make that a part of the plan. So yeah, our week last week was spotty and I took that into account on our plan also um, because we went on that field trip that I told you about last week. So last Wednesday, we went on a local field trip. Like we got on a tour bus and there were 56 people total. About 40 or so of them were all college students. So they opened up this college class uh, tour to a few um, paying participants. And so my husband was able to go and the three youngest kids. And so we went all around the area and learned about the Nez Perce who were on this land before settlers Mm -hmm. and before Lewis and Clark. And we learned about Lewis and Clark coming out here Um, and about the, one of the battles, um, where, um, the, there were, there were troubles with getting the tribes onto the reservations. And we learned about the, uh, how the U S government reneged on their different promises and policies and changed the terms of the reservations and then this bad these battles that started that it's just super sad because they didn't really need to become wars and battles it was just like this incident led to this incident and so someone shot a gun so then that made it a war and then the u.s army decided that they had to win at all costs because they just lost the the battle with Custer. So their reputation was on the line. So they just pursued this one all out and it was a terrible, terrible tragedy. So I learned a lot of names that like buildings, even back in my hometown, which is like, you know, two and a half hours um, the other direction, there were names it's like, oh, that's why that building is named that. And oh yeah, <laughs> school is named that. <laughs> like, oh, I learned. Like, these names are familiar because this stuff is named after them. And uh, so anyway, it was really fun. And it was really interesting because this college class is like a general history class. And they're learning about um, how what we know about history is mediated through the authors. And so the, the class, he was focusing on different sources of history. So then the point of this tour was locations as a source of history. And, okay. um, and items as a source of history. So we went to a museum, a couple museums and, um, learned about the first missionary like outfit out here and saw a, uh, what a statue monument sort of thing that was put up, uh, at the time it was put up, it was like a roadside pullout, but they've changed where the highway is. So now it's in the middle of a park. <laughs> But it was like a monument on the side of the road when it was put up in the 20s. And it it claims that this is the site of the first homes in um, the area. This is the site of the first home, school, and church. So it is is the site of (laughs) the first church. That's true. (laughs) But, you know, just, um, yeah. 
So it was a really interesting look at how the history is told over different time periods and um, just very fascinating. It was a very good uh, professor leading the tour. It was very I was Fine. wondering, so I was wondering if you were going as a college class that was doing these kind of studies to like public places and listening to like these mm -hmm. docents and then kind of going back and evaluating or if you were actually, if the professor was actually leading the tour. Yeah, the professor was leading the tour because he actually, before he was a professor, he was a park ranger. And he was a park okay. ranger of these lands too. So he, we saw petroglyphs. So like the chiseled on the rocks. Um, cool. And so, and he knew all about them and he, we got into a few of the different extra tour spots because the park rangers are his friends and they're like, oh yeah, sure, you can have this key. We usually keep this closed, but you guys can go in. And so it was, it was a lot of fun. Of course, the biggest moment of our trip was that the bus went in a ditch. Oh, well, yeah. <laughs> Our second stop. I was excited about that. <laughs> so it put us three and a half hours behind schedule. So we said to skip one of the stops. I was uh, going to say it was like a fourteen-hour day to begin with. So yeah, crazy. Yeah. So that was it. We got to see a tow truck, and I mean, this was one of the giant tour buses that's like like an airplane on the inside with you know your right, own right. air and light and everything, and. So Geneva was a little bit scared that it was going to tip right over while it was being towed out. And it, it did look like it was touch and go. <laughs> oh, goodness. goodness. So, so how much of that local history did you know before you went on the tour? Um, we did a little bit of the read. The professor sent out some reading that was required for his students okay. before the tour. And we did some of it. So we were a little bit prepared. Uh, but before that reading... Um, I didn't really know actually any of it. Um, there was this other missionary that came to this spot who came out with the Whitmans in Walla Walla, which that area I knew about before, but I didn't know that there was another right. missionary that came out with him and set up a different camp. And so, yeah, it was really fascinating. Well worth the day of um, no other schoolwork being done. And then the next day was a recovery day. Yeah, yeah. And you counted it as a school day, right? The, the oh, field yeah. trip day. Oh, yeah. Yeah, let's just establish that right now. You always count the field trip day as a school day, you know. <laughs> and for me, that's just for in sure. my mind because I don't have to keep attendance or count school days officially or anything. But we didn't do anything else that day and we, we didn't have, we didn't catch up. I just adjusted. Yeah, yeah. Love it. Love it. Awesome. So awesome. Well, it sounds like a good week. Um, the homeschool convention was hopping. So that was awesome. Uh, we are continuing our trend of seeing a huge number of people coming back to homeschool conventions this year and just really being super excited to be there and the vibe being really good about everything. And just so many people who are, um, you know what was fun? Actually, I had more than one person come up to me and say, I saw you last year. Last year was my first year and like, you know, thank you for what you're doing and everything. It was really helpful last year and I'm so excited to keep going. So that's great to nice. have those people who have been doing it a year and they're really excited to keep going. It's like, okay, <laughs> okay, yay, <laughs> you survived <laughs> and you want to do it again. 
That is fun. So that was awesome. Yeah, yeah. So it was a, it was a great convention. I think there were you know a couple thousand families there, more than yes. so it was it was a good good bunch. Yeah. Well, and it's yep. Cincinnati too, which is always one of the big ones, right? Yeah. Yep. Always one of the big ones. So it, it's definitely things are on the upswing, which you love to see. So. Yes. Very good. Yeah. All right, so we are going to talk today about reading. So um, because this is the Homeschool Teachers Lounge and Misty and I, neither one of us homeschool into the summertime, um, we're actually going to be going on hiatus in a few weeks. Um, When is your last week, Misty? Have we like picked a date yet? I don't think we have. We are... We are in week four of six for our final term. So our last school day is May 13th. Okay. So May 13th is your last day. Mm-hmm. Um, we will probably go through the 20th. So, you know, mm-hmm. we can, uh, so we're not making any promises, guys. We're going, we'll <laughs> for the end of May. We'll let you know when. Because I, I always like, you know, Say I'm going to such and such a date, never make it. I'm going to start saying like, I'm going, well, I know Thomas is going to space camp the week of May 30th. And so we will definitely stop by the 27th, but we'll probably stop before then. I was actually looking at beach houses earlier. (laughs) (laughs) The best way to end the school year. Right, right. So I sent a few to my husband and said, when you get to where you're going, call me so we can talk about these. Yeah, <laughs> like go to the beach and call it good. Um, but anyway, so a few more weeks. And what we thought we would do in these last few weeks is we thought we would talk about different curriculum choices because we know that that's what a lot of you are doing right now is thinking about next year's curriculum and thinking about what do I want to use for next year. And so we thought that curriculum choices would be a great way to kind of round up the school year because we get asked a lot, what curriculum do you recommend? What curriculum do you use? And so um, we wanted just to give you some recommendations. So we're going to be talking today all about reading and maybe and maybe a little bit about spelling. We can kind of roll that one in there as well. Um, and then giving you some of our best tips for teaching uh, reading and spelling. All right, Misty, we're going to start with you. What All was right. your favorite reading curriculum? Well, I used the same phonics curriculum that my mom used. And my mom found it at a homeschool curriculum fair, a local fair um, in the 80s. <laughs> It was just, you know, a a three ring binder that some guy was selling. And uh, it's a little, it's similar to um, spell, is it spell to read and write? Spell to write and read. Spell to write and read. But it's way simpler. Like that one has like you memorizing rules and it's a very complex, big old system. This is the same philosophy. I've known people to use that one and it was a lot. Yeah. 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 This is the same kind of philosophy where it's a vertical phonics approach and you um you learn the sounds and then you learn words along with i mean most that's most phonics programs right but vertical phonics means that you learn um a is at a ah not just ah first and then you learn ah words and then you learn other you know you build other sounds later you just learn all the sounds at once um, 
And then you also learn phonemes kind of as single sound units, kind of from the very beginning, and they're arranged by frequency of use. So that program, I just used the same one because I was already familiar with it. That was the biggest reason why I used it. So I didn't have to learn a new thing. I already, I had helped. It. <laughs> yeah. Well, I bought my own copy. <laughs> oh, okay. Okay. Like I was like, selling it online. This? Did your mom teach everybody to read and then give you the copy? Or <laughs> and um, so he has a website and it's still up and it still looks like it's being sold, but he doesn't answer any emails or phone calls or anything. And so we don't know what happened to him but it's not sold anymore. So it's similar in approach or, or style to uh, my friend Brandy Vensel's teaching reading with Bob. And we did use Bob yeah. books along, by the time we learned enough sounds, uh, we mm -hmm. used the Bob books to practice reading because the, the phonics program was pretty much just a system of sounds and you learn them and recite them, chant them, and it has word lists, and then that's it. Right. Well, let's talk about teaching reading with Bob for just a minute because uh, that is Brandy Vinsel's program, and she does use Bob books to teach reading, and um, it's a very economical choice, and it's mm -hmm. also the method that Brandy used to teach all four of her kids to read, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, and she was a reading yeah. tutor before she had kids, so she kind of pulled some of that experience that she had before so yeah and she uses like you right. you keep a notebook as you go um, right and she shows you how to set it up on the website yeah. she shows you exactly how to set up the notebook and um she has the curriculum there and then of course you have to buy the bob books to go along with the uh the curriculum as well yeah. so yeah that's something very similar to what misty used Yep. Now, our favorite reading curriculum was all about reading. So uh, we used that. Um, I did not use it for my daughter. I wish I would have used it for my daughter. Um, I can't even remember. I think I used something with her, like a reading made easy or something. And she did learn to read. Um, <laughs> but I wasn't. Well, there you go. You know, <laughs> I wasn't like when my son came along. He struggled a little bit more, and I knew we needed something else. And so I floundered for a little while and tried a few different things. And that was when I found All About Reading and absolutely fell in love with it. Um, we thought it was uh, fabulous and used it all four levels for him and then used it all four levels for my second son as well. And then it was after we were in level four with one of the boys that we got a dyslexia diagnosis um and you know the reading just it was good it was really good so no problems reading now can read all the texts and everything that they need to read don't necessarily enjoy reading but can do it you know so pr mm -hmm. definitely prefers audiobooks but the the reading skills are there and you know can read fluently read out loud things like that so a couple of things I loved about All About Reading. Um, so Misty, it did teach all like all of the four sounds of A at one time. Mm -hmm. So you would go through and you would learn yeah. like all the sounds. I didn't realize that that's what vertical phonics was. Um, but then you would go back and focus on the A sound. And it did do the frequency. So like the first sound mm -hmm. of A 
is the ah sound and the second sound is the a sound and the third sound is the ah sound you know because of the frequency of how often they were used and um we we did all of the you know so we would learn all four sounds but then we would go back and then we would just focus on the ah sound of a so um Mm -hmm. We like the manipulative part. We like the tiles. And actually, we liked it when we retired the tiles and got the app instead. Mm. Really liked that a whole lot because that made everything super easy. And then my very, very, very favorite part of the program, and quite honestly, my kids' favorite part, too, were the readers. Um, Because they were interesting. They were engaging from the very, very beginning. um, And just, they became things that my kids love to read because so often reading readers are not that interesting mm-hmm. and these definitely are. Yeah. So. I was just talking with my brother about that a couple of weeks ago because he has a five-year-old who's, you know, learning those first initial set, you know, he's in that Bob books phase and like the early readers or reading level one at the library are actually like pretty well beyond that you know the the books for when you know just a few sounds and you're starting to put together you know be able to blend those sounds to make words they're just so few and far between especially when you're using a program that doesn't use sight words then some of those yeah you know bigger name you know readers just really aren't and so finding a program that has good readers is a big big deal yeah, we love the readers. And it was funny because my kids could choose other picture books to bring to me, but sometimes they would want to like get their reader and read it themselves. <laughs> nice. um, there were just a couple of stories. I remember the one about the fox in the box. Um, <laughs> and um, there was one about Pam and Jam. And they just liked the story. They were simple, simple stories. But I think it was the illustrations, quite honestly, that just made the stories so um, so delightful to them because there's not a whole lot you could do with a fox in a box. But um, I think it was that the, like the illustration told more about the story than just the words themselves. Yeah. And so that was, yeah, I, I think that was kind of what did it. So yeah, we love that program. And when Thomas was done with level four, he shut it and he looked at me, he's like, so are we starting level five tomorrow? And I'm like, oh, Bubby, I'm sorry. There is no level five. (laughs) It was was a little bit of a rude awakening for him. He was like, oh. (laughs) So we had to start finding other good things to read. (laughs) Yeah, so that was good. Nice. Yeah. Um, So while we have a few extra minutes before we give some tips, what did you use for spelling? I tried a few different things for spelling. Uh, We never really did that much with spelling consistently, really. Uh, It wasn't my first two. um, You know, we did copy work. And Mm -hmm. um, my first two were just were early readers and and naturally just reader readers. (laughs) And I think pretty visual. And so... Um, you know, just correcting spelling in work that they did seemed to be enough for them. And so it wasn't until my third that I really felt like, oh, wait a sec. No, we need to do spelling. I didn't want just spelling to be an automatic thing that 
we did just because. <laughs> so my third needed some spelling help and that's an so I tried um, spelling wisdom from simply Charlotte Mason. And mm -hmm. that's been yeah. that's been what I've used with her with two of them. I've had two that need a little bit more spelling than just correcting work that they do incidentally in other subjects. So that Charlotte Charlotte Mason method of spelling through the studied uh, copy work or is it studied copy work or studied dictation at that age? A studied dictation. Is what we did. Yeah, yeah, dictation would make more sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry. That was, ooh, yeah. Okay. So study dictation for spelling uh, using the spelling wisdom program from Simply Charlotte Mason. We did, um, so I, all three of my needed spelling, mm -hmm. uh, though I will say my youngest was kind of, he kind of got to stop before he didn't have to go as far as everybody else did. Um, and then I, yeah, so we did all about spelling and you do it a year behind the all about reading. So then it becomes review. Um, so you do all about mm -hmm. reading level one and then you finish that when you start all about reading level two, then you do all about spelling level one. And it worked really well for us um, to do it that way. And then once we finished all about reading level three, my daughter moved into phonetic zoo from IEW and she was able to do that independently until I felt like she didn't need it anymore. Um, and so she only did level one of it. Mm -hmm. And then my son tried it and he didn't, it didn't really, uh, jive with him. And so he asked me to go back and order all about spelling level four. And so I did that. And that was what we did with him. And now there, like you're like you, we don't keep doing spelling just to keep doing spelling. You know, we've got a good grasp on the basics and then they can look up the other things that they need. So mm -hmm. Yep. Yep. So what are your best tips for teaching reading? You know, one of my favorite things with early readers was actually working in just phonics review and practice outside of phonics time. Like we sat down with the phonics book for like 10 minutes, three times a week on a good week. And that was school mm -hmm. basically for a five and six year old. Uh, but you know, if we sat down to read a picture book or we sat down with an alphabet book, I wouldn't just say the, the name of the letter as we turned it, but say the name and the sound. A, right. a, a, ah. Or, you know, they have the letter magnets on the fridge. And so if they pull one off, you say, oh, that's a, 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 ah. And so, and I think that kind of little bit here and there, it doesn't like go on a lesson plan as an official lesson. But that's the kind of um, technique I think that really helps it sink in where you're just approaching it naturally here and there. And because we are around all the time, we can, as moms, just take those opportunities as they are presented and not force it into like, oh, we have to do reading for this chunk of time. And then it doesn't apply anywhere else in life. I think it's with those reading lessons that we begin that learning is just happening all the time here and there throughout life. Okay. So normally you and I don't disagree with each other, but <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to say my number one tip, especially when you have kids who are struggling with reading is to be consistent with it. So don't 
you know, um, like I would not do it three days a week. We de that was definitely something that we I felt like we needed to do every single day. Having said that, we mm -hmm. kept very short lessons with it. So it was better mm -hmm. for us to do, you know, five or 10 minutes, even when I had kids who were older and mm -hmm. moving into higher levels, I still kept the lesson short because it was such a struggle, you know? Mm -hmm. And so we, we would consistently do it every day. We would just keep the lesson short and uh, not, uh, you know, not let it go too long or become too taxing because I do think it was like yeah. physically and just mentally draining, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's, I think that's my biggest tip is like, uh, let it be, be consistent with it. Keep it mm -hmm. short, but be consistent with it and do it often. And so when I would write out my goals for the school year, you know, back when I had kids who were really struggling with learning to read, when I wrote my goals out, that was like reading was the thing that didn't get dropped. If even if other things yeah. got dropped, reading was the thing that we did every single day that went on my MVD. That was my minimum thing that absolutely had to get done. Mm -hmm. Um, so especially when we were in the thick of some of those, some of those lessons where I just didn't want them losing anything. Yeah. So, um, Laura says, if you have a struggling reader who's severely dyslexic, do you worry about spelling or wait until the reading is better? So, um, Laura, I don't know if you were here when I said that all about spelling runs a year behind all about reading and is almost like a review. So, uh, with my dyslexic kiddo, it was great because we got the reading going first with the all about reading. We got the basics of all of that down. And then we did that all about spelling a year behind. And so that was a review of those concepts. And it was always super confusing for me because I had a kid who was about a year behind, you know, he was like, he started and then he was catching up with his older brother. And so he was a year behind. And so I had like, a reading lesson here and then this spelling lesson that was a year behind and then I was also doing the reading lesson that was a year behind and then eventually we got another spelling lesson that was a year behind so it was just crazy it was crazy but uh so yeah I would that staggering of about a year is what we did um and you the one of the wonderful things about all about reading is they will help you with any kind of placement or anything like that if you uh if you call All About Learning Press, they'll help you on the phone with that kind of stuff, too. That's so, nice. um, one more question. Cynthia Christine, tips for a four-year-old wanting to learn to read has been asking since 3.5. <laughs> what do you do with that, Misty? I never had that issue. <laughs> I think I always think that if the child's asking for something I don't want to tell turn them away because then yeah. when I want them to do it like they've learned, like no we don't really have to <laughs> you know you want to take advantage of the enthusiasm that they have without spending it so yeah without using it up so right. if they want to do a reading lesson then say sure and like three minutes five minutes yeah. Or just have a couple um, either letter magnets or uh, index cards that have a few letters or an alphabet book 
and just say like learning the sounds there and have them repeat them after you and tell like this is a reading lesson and and don't don't make it um over complicated because just reviewing and just taking them seriously and giving them a little it will build and you just want to foster that desire yeah without worrying about okay progress say no some days yeah right right yeah. be okay if they say no so if they're like yes i want to learn to do this and you buy a program and you start doing it with them and then all of a sudden they go nope don't want to do it well then you've got to be okay with that yeah technically they're too young <laughs> 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 no. other than the fact that they're asking for it so yeah. yeah no i agree i think if a kid's asking for something do it with them enjoy it for a few short minutes like meet them where they are because you know mm -hmm. uh, my friend colleen kessler from Raising Lifelong Learners will tell you that there are some kids out there who will be speeding ahead. But, um, you know, yeah, I think that's great advice. I love it, don't spend it. Use it, but don't spend it. So, yeah, I like it a lot. Um, Cynthia, I agree with you on your last assessment there about that particular program. I felt like it was scattered a bit too, so. All right, well, we are going to head off. Misty has like some fun, fabulous appointment that she's got to go to. Um, so she's ditching me for the rest of the afternoon. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> You're making me wish it was a hair appointment. <laughs> I got kids who have to be fed and taken to Civil Air Patrol. So we're going to be doing that. And um, I'm like probably going to sit in the car and read because I'm still tired but we'll be on Misty's channel next week um we don't know what we're talking about yet but there will be something related to curriculum so come and yeah. join us there sounds good all right all see right. you then Pam bye bye